working from home, distance learning, storing information in the cloud, being in those areas, that's what's going to cause active management to outperform over the next 10 years. Thanks for joining us today for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. I'm Mark Tepper, joined by Derek Gabrielson, a.k.a. D. (laughs) Mark, how are you today? What's up, man? How are you? Ah, pretty good. Yes, yes, yes. So things are looking brighter and um, makes me happy. (laughs) Open the world back up, man. Let's do this, you know. But one of the things I really want to talk about today, D, is active investing versus passive investing. It's a great topic. Yeah, because (laughs) active investing has been slammed, crushed, beaten down over the course of the last decade. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Passive investing has been all the rage. Why do you think that is? Typically, and what we've seen in this past bull market, the rising water raises all ships. I think I said that that correctly. (laughs) But, you know, during times of these bull markets, everyone's buying into a little bit of everything, right? So rather than picking, you know, the stock pickers market, you're seeing all stocks kind of go up in in the same sectors at at kind of the same pace. Yeah. The slow rise, uh, which we've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. We, We just, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, not for good reason, we ended the longest bull market in the history of the United States. Right. So it started March of 2009. It ended March of, of 2020, obviously, because of the economic response, the fear associated with COVID-19. But over the course of that time, just like you said, all stocks did well. Case in point, if you look at the Russell 2000, and I was talking about this last year, I believe I mentioned this on Closing Bell, like October of 2019, Mm -hmm. right? 40% of the Russell 2000, and for those of you who don't know what the Russell 2000 is, that is small cap stocks, right? Mm So S&P 500 is large cap stocks, the 500 biggest. And then the Russell 2000 is 2,000 smaller cap stocks, Mm -hmm. you know, a few billion in market cap, not a trillion in market Mm -hmm. cap, like an Amazon or a Microsoft. That index has done very well. It's gone up quite a bit since 2009. But when you looked at the underlying companies in the Russell 2000 at the end of 2019, 40% of those companies weren't making any money. (laughs) They were losing money. That's an astonishing number. That proves (laughs) the point that all (laughs) stocks went up no matter what. Right. My favorite to talk about, and there's absolutely no way to trade this stock. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea where I'm going with this? Uh, I do not. Tesla, dude. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) Tesla completely trades on hype, right? Mm -hmm. Cult following. Cult following. They've had a few good quarters where their numbers were better than expected. I'll I'll give them credit where credit's due. Mm -hmm. But recently, they told their landlords that they weren't going to pay rent. Mm Mm-hmm. The stock was up 20% in two days after that. (laughs) How does that happen? (laughs) Hey, guys, we don't have any money, so we can't pay you. And the stock goes up 20% in two days. I mean, that that has been what has happened since 2009. It just doesn't make sense. So there has been this, this motivation to pay lesser fees. Mm hmm. 
and just get into indexed funds or robo advisors, which I want to talk a little bit about, target date funds. Just set it on cruise control, set it on autopilot and just be done with it. Right. Right. It's worked. It has. And as advisors, you know, we've talked to hundreds of families over the last 10 years. And, you know, these are the things that, that we've heard and things that people were doing before maybe then necessarily started working with us. Exactly. Passive investing has worked. Like you mentioned, I don't know what you said, rising waters, you know, <laughs> make the ship go higher. <laughs> whatever, whatever you said, man. I've never said that that's, before in my life. Yeah. And it just popped into my mind. Yeah, that's an idiom <laughs> that I have not used ever. So, But regardless... There were several rounds of quantitative easing mm. you know, coming out of the Great Recession. Right. There was just a flood of capital that had to go somewhere, mm-hmm. and it just happened to go into the stock market. Right. And then you have the rise of passive ETFs, which were all, you know, there's so much buzz about hopping into SPY, for example, right. you know, the S&P 500 ETF. So a lot of people would do that, and that's passive investing, and that, that caused kind of this rush towards passive investing. And people started to look at it and say, you know, why do I need to pay someone 1% a year to manage my money? An mm-hmm. indexed fund costs two-tenths of a percent, right. right? Or I can do a target date fund that'll make me more conservative the older I get, mm-hmm. and that costs me three-quarters of a percent, right? right? Robo-advisors emerged, you know, and then they're charging, I don't know, 25 to 35 basis points, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a third of a percent, we'll call it, but they don't get tactical at all. Right. They don't overweight sectors. They don't underweight sectors. They just do exactly whatever the their benchmark or index is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's worked. Right. It's worked until it doesn't work. Yeah, that's a great point on ETFs. I just pulled something up here. In 2008, there was about 1,600 ETFs. And by 2019, there was basically 7,000. Um, There's an ETF for everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I think you can even create your own ETFs. I've seen uh, seen a web page on that. Uh, name it whatever you want. Gosh, I don't know. I, I looked into Global X funds or something. Yeah, you can go there and build your own. Right. You know, if you want to do a grocery store ETF, <laughs> right? Because all people are doing is buying toilet paper and ramen noodles, right? right. So you can do that. Just good luck pitching it. <laughs> you actually got to have money coming in and out in order for the the ETF to work. Yeah. So anyways, passive investing has worked. I don't think it's going to work over the next 10 years. I know you agree with that. I've heard several people agree with that. Fundamentals were not important over the last 10 years. Like I said, case in point, Russell 2000, 40% of the companies weren't making any money, but their stocks were going up. Mm -hmm. Tesla for years was not making any money and the stock just kept going up, Right. right? So I believe... With companies experiencing severe cash flow crunches, Mm -hmm. fundamentals are going to be important again. Balance sheets are going to be important again. Oh, yeah. As we experience a structural change within our economy, these secular shifts towards working from home, distance learning, storing information in the cloud, all of these shifts that were already underway, mm-hmm. but that transformation is going to be accelerated a hundredfold, right? Oh, yeah. Being in those areas, that is what's going to help you. That's what's going to cause active management to outperform over the next 10 years. Right. You know, those companies that innovate are going to be rewarded, right? One of the biggest differences I see 
and, and there's different forms of active versus passive management. You know, there's active management where we're trying to identify the best stocks that are, mm-hmm. that are poised to ride that rebound wave when we emerge from this crisis. But there's also a much simpler form of active management where you can actually use passive ETFs, just overweighting, underweighting different asset classes, right. sectors. You can add value that way, right? Rather than you know holding every single sector in the S and P at its you know benchmark weight. Hey, if we like tech, we can you know go overweight tech. If we hate energy, we can go underweight energy or not own it at all. So you know, being tactical is definitely a form of active management that some people. Just because you're using ETFs, they think it's passive. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with somebody about this on Twitter, which is why I bring it up. I said that active management is the future. I don't know, you know why people would want to continue to just do passive strategies. And his take was, you know, well, you know, there's a lot of use for ETFs in, in hedging your, your portfolios and in doing this and you know, overweighting different sectors. And I'm like, dude, that sounds like active (laughs) management. (laughs) You just proved my point. (laughs) Thanks for disagreeing with me, but actually agreeing with me, you know? I get a lot of that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's (laughs) funny. But, you know, being overweight, underweight, that's certainly a way to do things. And when you look at a passive strategy, a true passive strategy, where there's no active, you know, overweight, underweight, and you look at the holdings Mm -hmm. inside the, the different vehicles, D, you and I both know that the world is changing, not temporarily. Mm -hmm. I do believe this is a permanent change. Now, I'm not saying the way we are living our lives right now is permanent. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. So don't bash me on Twitter for saying that (laughs) while you're listening to this. I'm not saying that at all. But the way we will be living six months from today, okay, and hopefully the economies reopen and we're resuming some normalcy, will look Quite a bit different from the way we were living six months ago. Right. The world is changing, whether you like it or not. There will be winners. There will be losers. Do you want to own the losers? No. Why would you want to own the losers? (laughs) Exactly my point, right? So that's passive investing. You own an ETF. Guess what? You got the winners and the losers, right? So why would you want to do that? Mm -hmm. So this is why active management is so important right now. And and D, just to prove our point here, uh, we have in front of us the S&P 500 retail ETF. So this is ticker symbol XRT, right? right? All I did is I printed the holdings, Mm -hmm. every single holding that's in this ETF and the, the weighting of the holdings. So the top holdings right now are Rite Aid. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yep. <laughs> you know? All right. Stamps.com. I get it. You know, people mm-hmm. want to buy that stuff virtually. Chewy, Etsy, Amazon, PetMed Express. There's a lot of pet stuff going on there. <laughs> people love their cats. Yeah. Kroger, <laughs> grocery store, Dollar General, BJ's, Wholesale Club. So these are a lot of the biggest holdings. But then we go down to like holding number 20, which is still, you know, a 1.6% weighting, you know, whereas Amazon is a 2% weighting. That's Mm -hmm. still a pretty significant weighting within this ETF. Oh, yeah. Tiffany and company. Oh. (laughs) You got to think about this one. 
number one, do you think the consumer is going to fully rebound and want to go and buy expensive jewelry like that? I would say probably not. I would say the luxury items coming out of a period like this would be hard hit and slow to start up again. I agree. Slow to start up. So wouldn't you rather have your money positioned elsewhere and then you can get into Tiffany when it does make sense down the road? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to hold it at 1.6% right now. Mm. That's just, that's my take on that. Plus it's still Tiffany, at least here, you don't see Tiffany inside malls. Is that true? Across the country, they're typically in shopping centers, like right. retail shopping centers, like the upscale retail, upscale shop, retail shopping, shopping centers, like, you know, outdoor. I don't know if they're in malls across the country. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I haven't looked up Tiffany lately to even know that, but I would expect the traffic is going to decline. E- even if the consumer is hundred percent healthy and ready to buy luxury jewelry again, I would expect it to decline. Yep. Carvana. I mean, do you think as soon as we emerge from this, people are going to load up and buy new cars? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm that's going through financial planning processes with my clients, you know, that I can tell you unsolicited, probably 90% of them have told me, you know, to push back their car purchases or other big purchases. Yeah. They're just not going to do it right now. Yep. GameStop. Do people go into these stores and buy video games anymore? Don't you just download them? You do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, I'm not a big gamer by any means. I, you know, I, I did. Uh, get MLB you. the show with I, my son. I saw you online doing yeah. MLB. That is a cool game, man. Yeah. But it, it was just fun. My my son's eight year old, eight years old. For those of you who don't know, and a lot of fun, just kind of teaching him the strategy mm-hmm. of baseball within that game. But you know, we downloaded it. I didn't go to GameStop right. to buy it. Mm-hmm. TJ Maxx. I love TJ Maxx. It has been <laughs> one of my favorite stops. I don't love going there. My wife does, and everyone else in the world loves going there. Oh yeah, right. It's the treasure hunt experience. Let me go find that. That shirt that's normally a hundred bucks for $27. I feel like I won it life. (laughs) (laughs) Love the stock. I just don't know I want to be in it. In fact, I don't want to be in it right now while all these stores are closed. Right. At some point, I will want to get back into it, Mm -hmm. but just not yet. Right. You know, TJ Maxx, nobody buys stuff from TJ Maxx online. Right. You got to go and hunt for whatever you find. It, it, that's the entire purpose is going into the store. The store traffic is huge for that stock. Yeah. No question. L Brands and Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. Two stores that are in the mall. Right. L Brands, you know, their big store is Victoria's Secret. Mm-hmm. And Victoria's Secret ha- has had its fair share of issues over the years right. with regards to losing its identity. You know, I know my wife for a while was buying bathing suits from there and then they that was her favorite bathing suit and then they stopped making bathing suits and then maybe they rolled them back out like they're just they've had their fair share of issues but nonetheless both L Brands and Foot Locker are inside malls and nobody goes to malls anymore right just like American <laughs> Eagle mm-hmm. Nordstrom Macy's Kohl's Dillard's Gap Buckle like these are all in this ETF mhm If you want to take advantage of a crappy time that we're dealing with right now, you want to be in the winners. Mm -hmm. You don't want to hold the losers. You know, I I think that is the main argument that people should abandon their passive autopilot, set it, forget it, cruise control strategies, and move towards active management. Right. And I think to put a bow on this portion of the discussion, really, if you look at it, what we're talking about, and I think this is an important point, 
this is not market timing, yep. right? This is picking a good entry point for a position that you want to be in going forward. Yeah, without a doubt. And I said active management will outperform over the next decade. What I really want to clarify though, D, is that the decisions you make right now within that active management strategy, probably over the next two to three years, mm-hmm. especially right now, though, <laughs> I mean, right now is where you can get into an investment theme or trend for everyone knows that that is the trend, right. right? That is your opportunity right now. Three years from today, passive might be back in, in favor, yeah, right? For sure. Because you've already found out all of those sweet spots, mm-hmm. right? But right now, you got to make sure you're in those positions, right? Right. And, and who knows, though? Maybe in three years, passive doesn't come back into favor because the world continues to change. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to continue to make sure you're in the winners and not the losers. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, as always, on this episode of The Capitalist Investor. Shoot us questions, comments at info at swpconnect.com. That's info at swpconnect.com. As a side note, I'm interested in doing more fireside chats. So you know, shoot me an email uh, if you'd like to appear on a podcast and, and just let me know what you'd like to talk about, what the topic might be. If you're a socialist and you want to debate with me, that's cool. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to talk about different investment strategies, that's cool. We can talk about that. You want to talk about antibody tests, we can talk about that. So you don't have to just shoot out questions or comments. I am also uh, interested in doing more of these episodes where we have an opportunity to talk with you, our listeners, and give you a, a platform so that we can have a good discussion. I think those make for some pretty engaging episodes. So info at swpconnect.com and we can talk. Thanks as always for joining us and we'll talk to you next time.